You're listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast, talking Disney Plus's show, The Mandalorian, in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, and other assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to a Bored to Death Mando cast. This is going to be our season two rap cast. I am Jay Winger, being joined by Chris, and we have also Rude. Zeke! And, yeah, Road was here when we did, uh, when we did the finale. Uh, Zeke, I actually just, a couple days ago, turned him on to The Mandalorian and sat him down and had him watch the very first episode, and as I predicted, you got hooked. (laughs) Nothing like your friend going, hey, just watch the first episode. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch it. There should be a hint when they say, just watch the first one. <laughs> Three days later, it's all over. Yep. Didn't take long for him to finish that, finish his own personal binge. Yep. Um, so, yeah, he binged the whole se- the whole series in like three days and watched the last episode at the same time that Chris did. Yeah, uh, there was a little bit of a delay on my part that, you know, because of work – that dreaded thing called work. Yes, that ruins my schedule. Hence, ruins, ruins everyone's schedule. Um, but you know, when uh, like leading up to me watching the episode, I literally had to avoid Facebook because the second I started seeing spoilery type stuff, you know, po- posts and stuff, I was like, nope, staying off of this until I watch the episode. everybody's watching it <laughs> well that goes with anything like i remember when walking dead every single time a new episode came out uh you had to stay off of social media until you watch that new episode uh but nowadays you don't even get that anymore with walking dead yeah uh but so uh so zeke you're you know as somebody that's New to the Mando cast now, L- you know, give us your impressions of uh, the series as a whole. I definitely enjoy it. The one thing I was complaining about, like, I, I like Star Wars. Do not get me wrong when I say this, but I'm so tired of only good or only evil. You're only either Jedi or Sith, when I know in the lore there are gray Jedis. And well, I always like, well, I would like to see a gray, gray, gray Jedi. Gray Jedi were in Legends con- canon. So, you know, they're not, cons- they weren't, they're, they're not canon presently. Yet. Know, yet. Um, but, yeah, they did exist in the old uh, expanded universe before the Disney takeover. I, I still go off of that stuff. I, I, I don't care about the way That's con- fair. Um, but, I the, but, what- but they're re-canonizing a lot of stuff from that, you know, with the Dark Troopers and um, and everything, so. Yes. No matter how you look at it, she is a gray Jedi. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, you have the, one roaming around right now. Yeah, and the fact you know, you also sort of commented that it's also not just focusing on the Jedi all the time. That this is more lower down, as it were. Yes, we we don't need all the Jedi's to take all the glory. Let's watch some cool people shoot people. That's kind of well, cool. Well, that's what you know you get in Solo and Rogue One. Because with Solo, they redeemed Han Solo in that film by letting him shoot first in one scene. <laughs> he knows what I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. Jay knows we, what I'm talking we've about. We've been waiting for this for a long time. <laughs> Be- 
because George Lucas, you know, with his little re-edit of uh, A New Hope. Yeah, special edition. Yeah, where he made Greedo shoot first and then Han shot him second. Uh, but if you watch the original cut of the film, Han shoots first. The release edition. <laughs> yes. This is always Han. <laughs> always. Yep. Um, so, but you, you enjoyed it then. I would not enjoy it if I did not binge three, uh, sixteen episodes in three days. Like, like he, like he probably would have just sit there, but like, been like, all right, the show's got to get good at some point. Yeah. Um, we're not talking about Arrow season one. We're talking about the stuff got good right after episode one. Okay. Though I will say, I think the fun part was coming from a, a hard day's work, coming in at what eleven o'clock at night, going up to Chris's room, like, hey, let's watch the last two episodes. All right, all right we're going downstairs. Like, we should keep watching, but we both got work in the morning. Uh. <laughs> um. So, but uh, Chris, so your thoughts on uh, the last episode at the very least? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so when they did the whole scene with uh, Baby Yoda, I'm sorry, Grogu doing the uh, the meditation scene where he's trying to use the Force to the Golden Child, Golden <laughs> go Golden Child, uh, and essentially contact a or have a jedi contact him the real question was which living jedi is going to contact him because not only do you have luke skywalker in the universe because we all know that this takes place after return of the jedi but you still have ezra bridger uh especially after the the thrawn name drop yes uh but well i mean we all know that he lived at the end of rebels it's just that he disappears yes so we don't know his exact location so we don't know or his status yeah, yeah we don't know what's going on with him uh, another character is and I'm I forgot the character's name but the one from Jedi Fallen Order because he lives at Cal the Kestis. End. Cal Kestis uh, he's one also because uh, we know that he survived into like throughout through the entire game or, and also what if it was a dark side user that would have been a little bit like Unexpected if a Sith showed up. Yeah, but you know it would have been. It you never know who he's contacting. Again, he he does not have full control of his powers. Yeah, which now if you haven't seen the episode, you know it's Luke that shows up. Oh yeah, um, and it was a glorious, glorious. Yes, moment. because <laughs> because they pulled a you know like a, a a like father like son moment where uh, Luke shows up to the ship, pulls up in his X wing. And he's still wearing the exact same outfit that he wore in Return of the Jedi. The black robes. The black, yes. The black flight suit. Uh, and black glove. Yeah, the one black glove to hide his mechanical hand. And he just tears through the dark troopers like they were just normal stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. very reminiscent of that scene from Rogue One. Which Zeke just saw last night. <laughs> Part of it. I fell asleep. No, but you saw that scene. Oh, yeah, I did see that scene. <laughs> those weren't, but those weren't the de- Death Troopers. Those were human Death Troopers. Those were... Those death were... Troopers 1.0, not 2.0. No, no, no. no, uh, no, we're, no, talk- no. we're talking about the scene with Vader. Oh, the hallway scene. The hallway well, scene. hallway yeah. scenes, what we're calling those. The yes. hallway scene, yes. <laughs> yes. All, all, great, all great episodes have a hallway scene. Just look at Daredevil, Star Wars. And now, well, well, Mandalorian. Yeah, well, yeah. Daredevil uh, sort of popularized it. Then we had Rogue One, 
where Vader just cuts his way through a bunch of rebel troops. Uh, then there's a scene in season seven of Clone Wars, which Zeke hasn't seen yet, so we're not going to make we're not going to specify. But Chris and Rode both both know the scene in question. Uh, and now we had uh, we had Luke just carving his way through the, through the dark troopers. Yeah, you're not good unless you do a hallway scene <laughs> and do it right. Yep. Um, and but, but it was uh, you can so Baby Yoda has never seen Mando without his helmet on, and uh, Luke tells Mando he says he's asking for your permission to leave so he can go and finish his training. And he picks him up and baby and Grogu reaches up for his helmet. And I instantly went, Oh, he wants him to take his helmet off because he's never seen him without without it. it, Except for that one little snippet where he lifted it up a little bit so he could take a drink. And you can see baby Yoda looking up, like trying to get a, trying to get a glimpse of it. Yeah. And then when he met Bo-Katan and the other two members of Dark Watch, and they immediately took their helmets off. Baby Yoda just had that look like, you guys have faces underneath those? <laughs> well, and there was also a ver- there was it's also sort of resonated with Return of the Jedi. You know, Let me look on you with my own eyes. Yeah. So uh, Mando just goes and immediately takes his helmet off and drops it. And I swear it looked like he was tearing up a little bit. Well, yeah, because he's saying goodbye to his son. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, he's obviously going to see him again later on. uh, But we don't know how far down the road because they did announce that there is going to be season three for Mandalorian. And it's coming out next year along with the first spinoff, The Book of Boba Fett. Oh yeah, and seeing Bib Fortuna, you know, in that scene. Fortuna looks like he's starting to turn into Jabba the Hutt. Yeah, Pizza the Hutt. No, 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 no. Take off for delivery. (laughs) Wanna be the Hutt? Wanna be the Hutt? Um, But while we're talking, like the the uh, upcoming series, Rod and I talked about this in in the previous Mando cast, but. we now know that they're going to be doing a new sequel trilogy. The old, the previous one is now like going to be non-canon. I've, I've already been seeing, it's the same, uh, YouTuber, the one that I sent you the link to about John Favreau taking over, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's position. Uh, they said that, uh, Daisy Ridley has, or the role of Ray has already been recast. I mean, she didn't do a terrible job in the role. It was just, she, you know the scripts were not great. It's, it's what I keep saying. I was like, the only the only reason why you would blame the actors is if they put on a shitty performance. If the script is shitty, if the whole if everything about the movie is shitty, like if you go back and you watch Super Mario Brothers or the second Mortal Kombat film, I'm not blaming the actors one bit. I'm blaming the people that were essentially in charge of the film because if if you know what happened behind the scenes for Super Mario Brothers, John Lake like. John Leguizamo and uh, what's his face who played Mario? Bob Hoskins. Bob Hoskins, thank you. Both of them were insanely drunk throughout filming because the directors just straight up pissed them off. And I know that when Mark Hamill read the script for The Last Jedi, he immediately looked at Ryan Johnson and said, I don't like the way, the direction you're taking Luke in, but it's my job to put on the best performance possible for the movie. And that's what he did. 
So you yep. think of those movies? I think of Batman, um, Batman Forever with Tommy Lee Jones and uh, and I mean, Jim that's Carrey. A, that's a, no, action where the actors were really good, but you know, the script was, was horrible. Yes, and the script and direction was horrible. Yeah, um, but yeah, with the new sequel trilogy. But what Rode and I got to thinking about is with all these other series that they're also working on with you know Ahsoka and Acolyte and Rangers of the New Republic and everything. What if you you set up Thrawn to be like the Thanos of Star Wars? So what's the Infinity Gauntlet of Star Wars? Well, not necessarily Infinity Gauntlet, but you like he doesn't necessarily step to the forefront until the sequel trilogy gets made. I can see that. I can definitely see that because I know that uh, they're also making another major return back to the. Um, Back to the original trilogy, at least I'm assuming this is going to take place during the original trilogy, is with Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Um, yeah, they are doing Rogue Squadron. Whether that's going to be revisiting the original trilogy or if they're going to be sort of right there, you know, maybe partly with the original trilogy, but then into the uh, into the post-Imperial uh, Collapse thing. Not necessarily the same time as Mandalorian, but in that period between the two the two things. I mean, they can literally do for that movie what they did with uh, Rogue One because I'm, I know in Rogue One they used unused footage from the original Star Wars in it. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, uh, in, in they made it work so well. Like the entire time, I was just like, I'm in, I'm sitting there watching the movie and I'm like, I seriously can't tell what's original and new. They did a great job. Yeah. Best best editing I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Because literally, you, the the only scene I knew that was actually part of the original Star Wars was when you actually see the Death Star coming up over the horizon. Oh, that yeah. is actually from the original Star Wars that they cut and just kept on the floor for later use. And <laughs> to see it actually now presented is like, wow, that was cool. And yeah. it fit. It fit the moment. So, yeah. Um, I can see them taking more stuff that they uh, had on the cutting floor, adding it into the new trilogy, or just going all out and making something brand new. It's it's now open and in control of people who actually care about the material. And care <laughs> completely about Star Wars and not trying to drive any other's agenda in it, just Star Wars. What the fans wanted from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And John Favreau was just like, because I remember J.J. Uh, Abrams when he uh, started, uh, or when he did Force Awakens, he said it's hard to appease to the older fans while you're trying to appease to the newer fans. Uh, but John Favreau was like, "Hold my beer," <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and he did, and he did it right. This. And this Let is me how. Show you how. This is the way. <laughs> All I gotta say is, less Jedi, more action, more gunfights, more bounty hunters, more everything <laughs> else. <laughs> yeah. Well, now see, here's the thing. Um, talking way future in the Star Wars. Uh, I actually know exactly when you will probably lose your absolute shit. And it's still a Skywalker. It's actually the last Skywalker out there. And uh, 
yeah. All I have to say is he don't have a very good time at all. Are we are, twins? No, no. This is way past the twins. Oh, this is when you start dealing with uh, um, Darth Bane and <laughs> the the one, as I like to call it. Basically, the original Sith path is there is always two. Well. He threw that garbage out the window and said, there is only one Sith. And there was him, and then there was his entire fucking army of Sith <laughs> going after Ben. Ben Skywalker? <laughs> yeah. Huh. It was not a good fight for him. So He used lots of blaster. Because he was scared of shit of letting them get near him. So he, so this version of Ben is well. He's obviously a Skywalker, right? But this is, um, but is this he would a, be, I, as far from if I can remember it right, he was Luke's great great grandson. Oh, so yeah, it is way down the line. Yeah, it's way yeah, down the line. Very down the line. I don't know that we'll necessarily get to that. They Point. they they've been dying to try and find a way of doing that. Basically, they're on the. They would like to get the old Republic, which is way up front, yep, and go all the way way to the back because, again, a lot of the people who who dealt with who read those books said, honestly, that's the best Star Wars since A New Hope that they've ever seen in their life. It just had so much drama, tragedy, and everything in it, and the fights were just completely lopsidedly over the top. Yeah, I would love to see them uh, try to tackle that. Oh yeah, I, I I would love them to get just get the ball rolling on the old Republic because that's just there's a lot there's a there's lot a there a whole lot in there. You have everything you're looking for, bounty hunters because. Everyone's hiring everybody to just off each other. I need one more thing. I need more British actors for over the top death scenes like we had. <laughs> he, he is still hung up on that. On, on. Hey, hey. The British know how to die, and they know how to make it really, really, really entertaining. Do get sh- they? I mean, it, it, the episode essentially starts off with them chasing. Uh, like one of those like imperial tr- uh, transports, uh, lambda lambda class shuttles. Yes, the one that you know you see at the beginning of Return of the Jedi that transports the Emperor, and um, they're going for the Doctor again. Yeah, there. Who uh, apparently the patch that he wears on his uh, on one of his sleeves is from Camino, so that means I, I think he was one of like the scientists. That may or may not have been uh, in the cloning facility during the Clone Wars. They said he was a clone engineer. Yeah, so he might have been one of the people who actually worked on one of the clones or worked on the cloning project during the or yeah during the Clone Wars. Um, And so they're after him, and (laughs) the two pots. They're both obviously, you know, I guess one is younger than what the other one is. and uh, while they're holding the uh, the scientist hostage, the one goes, 
wait, we can talk about this. I'm, I'm willing to work with you, whatever. And then the other pilot just shoots him in the back. And then when he sh- shoots him in the back, the guy just goes, oh, and falls. Are <laughs> <laughs> uh, we giving this to Mandalorian? It's just the way he does it, though. I mean, it's just like so over yeah. the top. And I'm like, wow, greatest death scene in Mandalorian right here. Right here, folks. Nothing will top this. Star Wars needs to do a thing where every time at the end of the season, they have like a comical joke. Cause at the end of the at the beginning of the first season, it yeah, was the red the versus guy. blue moment with, yes. the, with the scout troops. <laughs> and, and update yet? Yeah, now he just kills someone for interrupting him, and now we have the over the top death scene. They need to top that now too. Yeah, I, 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 I like the fact that you know for well, yeah, for that scene in uh, for the season finale of season one. Yeah, the the two stormtroopers that were at the beginning of the episode were two. Uh, I think there were two comedy actors, or they were radio hosts. I can't. They were they were comedians. Yeah. Okay, so they were comedians. So them basically just going off on each other like that, you know, with, with the lines that they had. Uh, I'm well, fairly certain they ad libbed a lot. They ad libbed the whole thing because they was just like, <laughs> keep it all, keep it to this, but do it your way, and. Wow, did I mean, yes, it's funny, but at the same time, you understand exactly what they're talking about because, yeah, this is the way. Yep, and, you know, of course, that scene also gave us a little bit of, like, darkness with them punching Baby Yoda in the face. (laughs) Yes, but then it paid off, and then when IG-11, the nurse droid, showed up and broke the one dude's hand and then took the other guy and beat the speeder with the dude. <laughs> I mean, and like, it's not so much the fact that he picked the speeder up and smacked him with it. No, he smacked the speeder with the stormtrooper. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he had something against that damn speeder. <laughs> um, yes, set out on a date and it said no. <laughs> <laughs> You're too slow for me. But then he gets on the other one and just goes to town, literally goes to town and shoots every stormtrooper that he sees on the way in. While Baby Yoda is just, you know, full on like dog with a head out the window. Hey! He's He's enjoying life. Until the nurse joy goes, wait, I'm going to a gunfight with a baby in front of me. And then turns the torso behind him. That's better. Keep on shooting. Bam, 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 bam. He can turn his head around anyway, so he's good. Like, every single part of him can rotate around on, on its axis. <laughs> um, and, well, in this episode, uh, the season finale also had the Dark Trooper versus Mando. <laughs> yeah, and... Well, the, talk the, about lopsided fights. I, say I was watching a Tyson in his prime just saying, you know what? No. 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 I mean... I understand Beskar armor is tough and strong, but my God, he's putting your head through the wall. <laughs> yeah, your helmet, you know, your head should have been bouncing around inside that helmet and reduced to the consistency of jello. Well, because of how strong Beskar is, apparently it can literally withstand several pounds of droid pu- putting its fist into the helmet. Not, at speed. Yeah, at speed and not denting it, but the wall behind it is getting dented. Head, I, no, no, his head was literally halfway through the damn bulkhead. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm guessing... Sitting, I'm sitting there wondering to myself, on, okay, I want to know 
exactly what's in that helmet that keeps your head from going or Beskar has some vibranium qualities and can absorb vibrations. Okay, but that still does not count for your head is inside this helmet that is being put through a damn bulkhead. Your head has got to be moved inside see, that see, helmet. I want, you see, it's funny, though, because he puts – he uses everything that he has against this thing. He uses the flamethrower, the – the, the dark trooper just looks at him like, seriously? No, no. When he shot him with the whistling birds, it's like. That stung. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. And then he hits him with the flamethrower. No. Really? Well, no, the flamethrower came first, and he threw him across the room. Then there was the twittering birds, and he was just like. Really? That stung. <laughs> then he uses the spear as, like, the last resort weapon, and that's what takes it out. Like, hey. like cuts like. <laughs> I missed the sniper. Too bad I was destroyed in the show. Oh, yeah, the sniper. Yeah, well, that's probably what's going to be in season three, him getting himself a new rifle and a new ship. Yeah, he's got to – look, he's got to run back into the armor. <laughs> he's yes, earned new, yes. He's earned new gear. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all right, look, I need to give you that. He, he just walks up here and be like, all right, here's all the shit that I just went through. I finished the mission, and uh, – We captured Moff Gideon. We captured Moff Gideon. I now have this dark saber that I'm trying to give back to Bo Katan, but she keeps looking at me like, "God damn it, I have to fight you for this." And <laughs> then, the, I, I, then the rest of them are staring like, "Wait a minute, did you, you say darts? You have oh. the dark saber?" Yeah, you know, and th- then the armor is just going to look at Bo Katan and be like, "Spit on the fake queen." Hot <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> This is the way. Uh, so, and it's it's funny because the entire time Mando was just, he's trying to give, I like how he, he he's trying to give her. I yield. Yeah, he's trying to give her the Darksaber, and the entire time Moff Gideon is like, oh, yeah, you can't just simply do that. You have to, you have to lose it in combat. And Mando just goes, I yield, take the damn thing out of my hand now. I don't, don't want to I don't want this. <laughs> I don't get why they didn't just punch him in the face. And, like, oh, and, and he and, falls over in the story. Yeah. He doesn't have his helmet on that day. I won. Yay. No one's going to know the difference. I'm sure Luke's not going to say anything. Luke, yeah. Luke is probably just going to be like, all right, well then, I'll go now. <laughs> I got my I got my little youngling. Let's uh, let's exit stage left. Yeah. See, I just want to see a deleted scene where R2 goes down the hallway and looks at all the, the cut-up droids. And it's just seeing him just looking around like, God damn, I know exactly where he's at. But Jesus. <laughs> Imagine if Chopper were coming down were coming down that hallway. Chopper oh, would probably be laughing at every single one of them. <laughs> womp, 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 womp. Um but uh but oh yeah, and Bo Katan gets shot numerous times by got uh by Gideon and she just disappears for the rest of the episode after that. I think she was probably just unconscious. Most of it hit the best car. Yeah, but still, I'm like, I- is she okay? Is anybody going to check on her? <laughs> oh, no, she's good. <laughs> I'm not quite dead yet. <laughs> no, it's got to be like Megatron. I still function. <laughs> <laughs> Beware, I live. <laughs> I'm coming for that damn sword. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, uh, oh, yeah, we also had the fight scene between Sasha Banks and Boba Fett. <laughs> yes. <laughs> where, where the, well, first off, Boba and Bo 
are both shit talking each other. Where she's just like, he's like, this father belonged to my, fa- th- this armor belonged to my father. And she goes, don't you mean your donor? He goes, watch it, princess. <laughs> and she's like, I've heard your voice thousands of times. And he just goes, it'll be mine will be the last one you hear. And uh, he and Sasha Banks get into a fight, and. She uses her jetpack to give him a DDT. A tornado DDT. Yes. And I was like, wow, I read that uh, she gave him, she used a wrestling move in this episode, but uh, this isn't the one I was expecting. I was honestly expecting something along the lines of like a Hurricane Rana or something. But the DDT, German suplex. Yeah, or, but, the, but the DDT was good. Um, and then they just end it with them both trying to burn each other to death with their flamethrower. Flamethrower versus flamethrower. Flamethrower war. Who wins? Yeah, and uh, I mean, but also the same time, the look on the face of everybody in that cantina when two more Mandalorians walk in. Mandalorians walk in, and it's just like, you know what, we're all gonna die. <laughs> you saw them like, because I mean, avert the, your eyes, the, don't, the, don't, the, don't, the, don't, the, don't, the look, don't look, them the the don't look them in the eye, don't look them in the eye. Was like, yeah, my place is done. It's all over for me. And really, all that got wrecked was one table. <laughs> yeah, lucky, shockingly, lucky. that was literally the only thing that gets wrecked as a table. And that was, who, I can't remember who went through the table. Sasha. Okay, it was Sasha Banks that went through the table. Okay, yeah, they pretty much went full WWE in this one scene. <laughs> Devon, get the tables. Yeah, we just needed Devon and Bubba to show up as like as like two more uh, Mandalorians, and he just goes Place get the table. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, this episode had every single thing you could ever want in it. Surprise reveals. All of season action. two had some, like every episode had something that to get get longtime fans of Star Wars stuff to just be like, oh, oh, I know that. And this one, you have the true female Expendables group because they did all the work. They literally wiped the entire damn ship out. The only le- the only person left living on that ship was Boss Gideon. And, yep. and Baby Yoda. Everybody else was dead by that time. Yeah, and um, it was like, yeah, but with like every episode, like epi- the first episode of the season, we had Cobb Vanth uh, in in Boba's armor and the crate dragon. Yeah. Uh, episode two gave us uh, the the ice gave us the spiders from Rebels. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, episode three gave us Bo-Katan. Yeah, but I'm just saying, this is like every episode had another thing added to it. Um, then episode four, he goes back to uh, Navarro, uh, and we saw, well, that everything. Episode, that, that episode gave us Jeans Guy. <laughs> Jeans Guy. <laughs> now edited out of the episode. No! <laughs> um, but it, you know, gave, it let Cara Dune, uh, you know, show off again, and, and Carl Weathers also. Yeah. Um, and that episode was directed by Carl Weathers, too. Yep. Uh, episode 5 gave us Ahsoka and the name drop of Thrawn. I have to ask one question about this. You're facing a Mandalorian, and you're going to try to pull a gun from your back. How smart are you? Not smart enough. I mean, uh, he did. He fared better with the aliens. And then yeah. I have a second question for you guys. Which is more scarier, walking and seeing a Mandalorian walking towards you, or staying still and hearing the lightsaber light up behind you. 
does the Mandalorian have the lightsaber? <laughs> we could actually see that in season three. I, I mean, the the person who created the dark saber was the only Mandalorian Jedi. That's who created it. The Mandalore. Yeah, and uh, the and in Clone Wars, the Mandalorians, it was uh, Death Watch, stole it back from basically the Jedi archives, mm-hmm. and you. You know, tried using it on Obi-Wan Kenobi, which obviously didn't work very well. It's like, you are not a Force user. Yeah, you're using a lightsaber, but you're up against somebody who does this sort of thing for a living. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, the, well, I mean, the whole series gave us the first ever live-action version of the Darksaber. Yep. Uh, and then Episode 6, uh, Boba Fett. <laughs> the Return yeah. of Boba Fett. Uh, episode 7... Uh, you know, we had we got Bill Burr back in, and it was you know there maybe wasn't as much there that, to really pop longtime fans of Star Wars in general, but it was still a fantastic episode. Oh yes, was that fantastic the smuggling episode. episode where they were trying to get the, the explosive items over the bridge? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay, it wasn't I, really I, smuggling, but yes, I, I love the episode because <laughs> as I'm sitting there talking to the guys, see, I'm like, you know, the Mandalorian is cool and everything. How you can sit there and just. He asks these questions, asks these calm answers. There's no way I can do this. And then you get the character that is my response. Hey, who, what are we going to drink to? Let's drink to this day where my troopers died. Every one of us died. Yeah, and you see, and you can see Mando just glance over at oh, at shit. him and just and just shake his head like, no, oh, shit. Don't, don't, do don't, don't do it. Don't do it. It's like, dude, 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 let it go. <laughs> and that was one of the best things I've seen. Where he shot the guy and like, oh. Time to fight. And then, I'm sorry, but he had to go. He had to go. Yeah, uh, Valen Hess was terrifying in a t- completely different way. Because he he was one of the candidates for the believer of the episode. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of like anything else that was awesome in this episode. I mean, granted, yeah, like... Uh, like halfway into the episode, when they finally got onto Moff Gideon's ship, Boba Fett just leaves the episode after that. We don't see him till like halfway into that credits. I'm about to shoot that droid over there. <laughs> yeah, Vector is uh, getting too excited over there. I'm going to put the child to sleep. I'll be right back. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, and again, uh, all things Star Wars for me. Uh, one of the things I was rather impressed by is, uh, again, Moff Gideon's ship is a Corvette. Right. You haven't seen Corvettes. In, as a matter of fact, you haven't seen a Corvette since the game uh, Star Wars Squadrons, where they're starting to throw the Corvettes out. Mm-hmm. And you go charge again. So I'm like, hey, yeah, throw out some Cr- more Chris, Chris and I like to, Chris and I like to call his ship uh, Spaceballs 2. <laughs> Mini ball. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I like how, in terms of, like, the Empire, they're not going overboard with their ships like what Snoke's ship was in Last Jedi where it was stupid huge. Oh, the the mega star destroyer or whatever yes. it was. Well, like, I like, mean, like they, when, like, it's like he looked at Darth Vader's super star destroyer and uh, the executor. The executor in Empire and Return of the Jedi and it's not like it's like he looked at it and just said I want that but wider. No, they it was well, clear. Now, the executor had a purpose for it behind it as well. 
It was actually designed to draw the fire so the Star Destroyers could get in there and open fire as well, and the Corvettes could get behind it. It literally was why it was designed that way. And I'm just I don't know what Snoke was thinking. Snoke was thinking, you know what? I want the biggest fucking ship out there. I want want a show that has the biggest dick in the freaking galaxy right now. (laughs) I dare somebody to say something about my ship. Yes, and somebody went to light speed and went through it. Yeah, and that, it was awesome. That was so awesome. That, that, was, that was literally <laughs> that like was the one of the best scene in the best whole scene movie. In the <laughs> You're like, hey, your big ship is not even fucking there. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, mean, and it was clearly based off like the the wing ships that uh, uh, that the that the Nazis had like designed, but never. I don't know ever built. Yeah, they never did build them. Oh, you mean like the one from because uh, they couldn't fly? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, they couldn't fly. That's why they. Just said, oh shit, we just we, wasted so much time with this. It's like, damn, this thing wastes too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, before you even put any fuel or bombs in it, the plane is not going to fly because it's too heavy. Yeah, I don't think we were thinking very well when we decided this. Something about the executor, though, just occurred to me. So, yeah, I get it that it's designed to draw the fire of the enemy because it's that's their main ship. We should target that. Well, the only thing it really drew was an A-wing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my point. Why does a ship like that not have redundancies built in? So the main bridge gets taken out. Why is there not a backup bridge to keep the thing from suddenly listing to the side and crashing into the Death Star? Well, here's the thing now. And it's the old... You got to understand about the Imperial ships. Literally, Star Destroyers, Corvettes, their transport ships, and their supply ships are the only ones that have shields on them. No, other sh- no, TIE Fighters do not have shields. They're all that's, based off maneuverability. Yeah, they're super maneuverability. Basically, that's the design of all their ships. But, when it came to the Executor, the Executor was the only one that had four different slots for its shields. And they were taking, they were aiming out, taking out all the shields. So by the time that one A-Wing said, yeah, you know what, I'm about to bite it, but I'm taking somebody with me. <laughs> and he You're takes, it. And he takes the prize, mind you. They had taken out all of the of the executor's shields there was no shields there which was actually a feat in itself because normally you see the two which are always up there by the bridge which again horrible design some seriously fucked up (laughs) yeah but but the other two are actually inside the hangar bays on both sides so you had to have somebody go in there and kamikaze literally those two to take out. And I'm sitting there like, you know, the Death Star Part 2 had a better design than you guys. <laughs> and it wasn't even finished yet. It put all the dangerous stuff in the end in the middle. You had to get to it by extreme hope and dreams of flying. Yeah, but I, I, my point still stands about one bridge is taken out. Why is there not another bridge inside technically armored technically there is there's always actually all the ships have a secondary location that you can fly from uh the only way you know about this is from 
playing uh, Old Republic games, they actually talk about the ship designs in there. And okay. there's a secondary deck it's... on all ships. The problem is, if you're up on that deck, why don't you have anybody down there on the second deck in case there's an emergency? Because it's never anyone down there. It's kind of like, uh, what was it, the uh, the ships, like the troop transport ships from uh, Clone Wars, the Star Destroyers, and from that, they had the two bridges that were, for whatever reason, located literally right next to each other. Yeah. What one, uh, basically, if something happens to one bridge, you're supposed to be able to run right over and uh, continue your duties on the second one. Uh, yeah, if I get hit on this bridge, what makes you think the bridge on the other side isn't on fire already? <laughs> Again, I see what you're th- you're on the right line of thought, but damn, your design sucks. It's like it's like the the in terms of a galaxy class starship in Star Trek, it has the battle bridge, where it's like you know when they do the saucer separation, like the main crew is supposed to go into the battle bridge while like the backup crew is taking over the saucer section. That way they can split like that. Yeah, I that's still, that. That's I still have a problem with that whole design for the simple fact that okay, this very big target is trying to fly away. Hey, let's hit the saucer first. Fuck the battle bridge. It's got to come from underneath this big saucer to get to us. Stay on top of the saucer and just shoot it. Hey, we won. So we're deciding that the people who design ships in Star Star Wars are retail management, correct? Yes, they. Yes, yes, and I think I think I think Marvin is in charge of them. (laughs) 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 Zeke's losing his shit right now. You want to take this one? <laughs> we don't need AC. We don't need a secondary bridge. It's fine. Hey, the bill's on file. Just keep working, guys. We'll be good. Oh, there's rats all over the place. Just keep working, guys. Oh, you big got bit. Oh, you're fired. <laughs> Quality management, people. And Zeke is losing his shit right now because he knows I'm right about all of this. <laughs> no, no, that that rat that bit the employee has been promoted to management material. <laughs> Because now he looks like the kid from Recess. <laughs> Templeton, Templeton, you're going to go places in this organization. Oh employee of the month, employee of the year. The rat that keeps biting people. He's biting you because you're not working hard enough. That's why. No, he's biting you because you're not paying attention. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, come on now. Yeah, and, and I know we're we're really ragging on the Imperials, but I mean, look at the designs for the uh, the Rebel ships. Oh my God, we're gonna have our we're gonna have every single single officer up in one area. That's nothing but glass, <laughs> glass well, all around. Well, oh my God! You're talking about the resistance ship from uh, in uh, Last Jedi. No, 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 um, Jesus, I want to call, every single time I think about him, I just want to call him Fish Boy. It's oh, Akbar, <laughs> Akbar. Yeah, Akbar. Akbar ship literally is that's the true. The, 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 Mon, the Mon Calamari. Yeah, uh, the Mon ships. Calamari designs are their capital class ships. 
The problem with the capital class ships, though, is it's designed by fish people who want to see everything. And literally, that's li- the design of the ship. It was designed so that they could see all around at all times. Well, so they so so they want to they want their ships to be like a fishbowl. Yeah, it is a fishbowl. <laughs> it really is a fishbowl. But here's the real fucked up thing. So you know what they look like? Long fish <laughs> with two with a drop down tower that goes below. Well, here's the thing. Guess where the damn shield generator is? All the way down at the bottom of the tower below. Behind everything. That that's why it during like the big battle scene in Rogue One, that's Every, why all the TIE fighters were shooting the, at that one spot. All the TIE fighters are down there shooting the hell out of that. The second that fin is gone, it's open season on all the commanders who are sitting there looking and the and the TIE fighters are looking down and like, Yeah, I see who I want. I want that little motherfucker who's trying to hide behind the desk right there. Yeah, see, you. To, see, I know you're up to something. I, I like the one scene. Now, everybody talks about when the uh, the Hammerhead Corvette shows up and pushes the Star Destroyer into the other Star Destroyer. Uh, but I like how when the Rebels are leaving after they get the, uh, the Death Star blueprints uh, and they start leaving the area... The one one of the ships turns to jump to hyperspace, and then Vader's star destroyer literally just jumps right in front of it, and the the one small rebel ship just crashes right into it. And 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 again, Vader's ship just keeps on going. Like, yep, we built ours the right way. We put extra armor on the front. No, Vader's ship just went. I hit a what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, 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 no. Va- no, Vader's yeah. ship said hello there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I, I have uh, one day I have to bring this. Actually, I'm coming back over next Saturday. I have a bunch of stuff I have to bring along with me so you can read. But I have the book designs on all the ships, and Vader's ships were unique. It's the simple fact that, number one, his ships were designed, if they lost shields, it wouldn't matter because they had extra armor. Literally, the ship was extra big, but there's not that many crew on the damn thing because there's not enough room because there's so much armor on it. So when you looked at the executor, you saw... Middle in the middle looked like all the structures. It looked like a but city. There was so much armor around it, and literally that was it. The only area of basically population on that ship was the tower itself, up into the middle section. The front section was actually where uh, most of engineering and everything was. And I'm like, that's a smartish design, but still. Stop putting the goddamn two of your shield generators up on the top of the tower where everyone can see it. Do, do you remember uh, in um, Empire Strikes Back when they had the Star Destroyers going through the asteroid <laughs> field looking for the Millennium Falcon? Yeah. And the one Star Destroyer, like the whole tower bridge, gets wiped out with one asteroid. <laughs> <laughs> And we remember that scene because it then cuts to Vader's ship where he's got all of the the captains like on hologram, and you see one just go, and then and then the hologram you know just vaporize. (laughs) Vader's like, I don't care about asteroids. (laughs) Sweep the field now. Find the Falcon. And I can see the captain's face like, no, no, it's like, 
I quit. <laughs> no, it's like going to <laughs> it's like going to back to Spaceballs. We're sweeping the desert. Have you found anything? No. How about you? No. How about you? We ain't found shit. <laughs> they were combing the desert, not sweeping it. <laughs> and, and the ones that, and the and it was the black troopers <laughs> who had like who had like the the fro the pick. pick. We had the fro pick. You really were a coma dutch in the desert. No, that was that was Tuvok. <laughs> I'm not even joking. That, that was, really was the actor Tuvok. who plays Tuvok in Voyager, which just makes it even funnier. Um but yeah, I mean, yeah. In case you can't tell, we are all geeks who love Star Wars. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 Zeke, 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 a little bit less. Zeke, Zeke, is, uh, falling, Zeke uh, is falling into our path. I, 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 I like, one of us. I like Star Wars, just don't like Jedi because Jedi are broken as hell. Okay, we we don't. You don't have to worry about the Jedi. We have so. Do you not understand? Every single person that shows up in Star Wars has a back history. A rich back history. You can pick. You can just walk up to the screen with your eyes closed, pick somebody. They have probably a twenty-year history backing them up. You see, it's like that's one and of the things. There's bounty hunters. You have your bounty hunters. It's, uh, it's like that's that's one of the things that I liked and, about the movie Solo is that I said I love this movie simply because, like, yes, it's it, it has nothing to do with Jedi or Sith. There's no real force users in it except for one cameo. Yeah, I know. And um that And that was it for it, but for the most part it's a smuggler story. That's all that that movie is and that's one of the things that I like about it. I know the movie gets a lot of heat because of everybody is just like, "Oh, well the actor looks nothing like uh Harrison Ford, doesn't sound anything like him blah 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 blah." I'm like do you not see the actual story? Is the fact that it's supposed to be showing the story? The story is good. Um, you could actually get away with it, it not even being a Star Wars story. Exactly. It's just I, I had a I had a few little gripes with it, it's, but other than that, it's actually a decent story if you just don't put in your mind who it's a, who it's really attached. See, to. I, I don't know why, but for some reason, certain parts of the movie. I, I, I just don't know why, but certain parts of the movie reminded me of Blade Runner, and I think Indeed it was it did, especially in the beginning. Yeah, that was that was mainly it. Was it was the beginning scenes when it was on Han's home planet, and it just reminded me of Blade but Runner. It, when you and, and again, you're going into my territory because this is Blade Runner cyberpunk. That's another aspect that I I live and breathe. But in terms of that kind of dystopian landscape, the 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 predominant vision is Blade Runner, Cyberpunk, and uh, what was the third one? Uh, Necromancer. Those three combine to form your dystopian platform. Everybody feeds off of that because. You can't get any shittier than that. That is your future, and it is shit. Behold. And I'm fairly certain that's what they based Han's home planet off of, yeah. was the environment from Blade Runner. Yeah, it literally was. You were in the lower-level streets of Blade Runner. And quite honestly, I actually envision Blade Runner's future as being the start of what could have be 
going into the old republic. People finally get fed up and have moved further away from the shithole that is. Yep, and then the cities start. It starts uh, cities, getting, the cities start overtaking the planet and uh, building up and building up until you get Coruscant. Yeah, Coruscant. Coruscant is the um, final version of Blade Runner. Literally, that's Lucas. That's Lucas's words. He said, "I saw Blade Runner, and I said, wow, that's a really fucked up design. Let me see if I take it to the further max.' And he did. And literally." The two directors just looked at each other's designs, and they still, to this day, laugh their asses off because they recognize each other's works in it. And they said, "It, yeah, this is what it starts off as. This is what it ends it. Because literally, all you have to do is, once you leave the surface of Coruscant and start going down, hey, I see Terrell's tower. See, it wouldn't surprise me if if George Lucas in like the the uh, the prequel trilogy, if he threw in references to Blade Runner in just the Coruscant scenes alone. Actually, no. I uh, well here here's a, here's a fun fact, and most people will probably freak out about it. Cyberpunk actually gives homage to Blade Runner and the start of Star Wars too, because. It's lit- they literally it literally saves itself. We are the groundwork. The future is going to be coming from us. You're going from us into these futures because everyone has to escape from one point, and it is this dystopian crud. It's it's like when we finally when we see Ahsoka again in Clone Wars in the final season when we finally get back to seeing her again. Yeah, she's fallen down into that area. And she's not all the way down to where the start is, but she's close enough that she's like, holy shit, this is nothing like what was up there. What the fuck is this? She did not understand anything that was going on down there, and she kind of found it hard to believe that she's still on the same planet that she's been on for all this time, and yet this is what it's like down here where the light doesn't shine? And the two, the two girls that she meets are like, yeah, it gets worse as you keep going down. See, that's one of the things that pissed me off about 1313 being canceled because I know that in that game you're supposed to explore more of that particular area. You go beyond. Yes. And uh, one of the nice things is they are talking about uh, – they've already said they're bringing that back. They, they've hunted down all the people for it. Because they realize they screwed up by canceling it. Yeah, we know who – we know who actually gave the order to cancel it. Ha oh. <laughs> ha! But while we have our Messiah, John has saved us and is bringing it back. Saint John, Saint John, Saint Saint John. John is for us. Actually, you know what? I can't, I can't, I can't say that because uh, John Saint John, the voice of Duke Nukem, used that as his theme song for it's it's the Aerosmith song. Uh, <laughs> Uh, he uses that song for himself, where it's Saint, where the song is called uh, Saint John, and so I think we guys call him Saint Favreau from here on. Out. <laughs> Saint Fav, Saint yeah. Fav. Yeah, but as as I, mean, as I as I said uh, lat, on, in the previous Mando cast with Road, you know, John Favreau has given Star Wars fans hope again. Yes, rebellions he, are he built is on the hope. New hope. You see, you see, like what I, now? I was telling Jay this. And I want to know your thoughts on this one, Rogue. Uh, 
So, there's a director. I would like to see his take on the Star Wars universe. He can do like maybe just one or two episodes for season three, or or any other, or whatever. Uh, he's directed a few episodes of Star Trek Discovery. He did some stuff for um, Orville. I want to see Jonathan Frakes take on the Star Wars universe. Oh my God. Oh. But I want to see a trade-off here. I want to see John Favreau do a couple episodes of Discovery. And Picard. This this may have to ha- this may have to happen. Yes. Just to get the idea from their side of the fence on Cause and, believe and you it, know what? Because believe here's it. The, here's the thing. I'm surprised no one has approached Jonathan Franks yet about doing this because every single time they give him directors, uh, let him get his directing chops on uh, Star Trek, he gets. They say he gets this little gleam in his eye, like he's a little kid in the candy store, and. What does he do? He runs back and reads Star Trek comic books to get an idea of what he wants to do. I want to see him, all right, you want to read up on something? Here's a bunch of Star Wars comic books. Come up with something for us. <laughs> and let's see what he does. Because I'm pretty sure he's got, he has a, he has a sci-fi mind. Oh yeah, he, he does. He, I I think he's living in sci-fi because sometimes if you see him walking around, he looks like he's spaced out and hasn't come back from wherever. No, he is those yet. are just the ideas flowing. He's just trying to keep them all in. He's <laughs> trying to keep them all contained. I, I I would love him to do that. Um, also, hurt through the grapevine. He's also a Warhammer fan. So, oh God, if he's a 40k fan, we know there's something lurking in that mind that can go crazy. But you know what the what I like though is that in both uh the uh in some of the Star Trek movies and and uh I think it's it's strictly in the prequel trilogy and it's in either episode 1 or 2 that they do this but at one point in time when they're in Palpatine's office if you pay close enough attention outside the window as you see all of, like, the vehicles and shit flying by and all the ships, one of the ships is the Enterprise D. Yes, it is actually a known fact. They snuck that in there as a little, <laughs> as a little treat. Now, in Star- Again, the, the, the whole idea of Star Wars versus Star Trek, no, it's not. There's no versus between them. They actually love each other for a fact, and they actually do tiny little nods back and forth to each other all the time. Uh, well, I know that in um, uh, Star Trek First Contact, the Millennium Falcon has a cameo in that movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's doing a strafing run on the board cube during the big battle <laughs> sequence. It's in the background. like It's like it's literally a blink and you'll miss it, but you literally have to like Google it. Like Google, Go on Google and, and type in, Millennium Falcon, Star Trek First Contact, and you'll see where it's at. It's yeah. it's 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 really small. It's a, it's a quick scene, but if you look at it, you cannot deny it's there because it's blatant as hell. Yeah, and it's funny. And um, R two D two is in the first two J J Abrams Star Trek movies too. Yeah, because <laughs> so I don't know how the hell somebody managed to spot him in. 
the 2009 film because it's literally like he's he's in like a pile he's in like a like all the, all the debris outside Vulcan and you just see him fly by like, the view screen like like that. Probably. Like, <laughs> Probably. It's like which ship were you on? <laughs> just in case you couldn't hear me on the mic, it's like you go you know R two just sound by going wow <laughs> as as he does. Yeah, the noise that he, the little scream that he makes. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, but yeah. Uh. But George Lucas did openly admit that Star Trek was one of the influences for him to make Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's a it's a great influence to have, and it's no problem of building off of it. And what he built is unique in its own. And I'm I'm glad that Roddenberry and Lucas can get along as well as they do. Fans don't seem to, but hey, yes, fans they, are always a little bit. Hard yeah, but to then see. you have the people like me that are like the ones who like grew up with both franchises. Yeah, I I had no choice. It was it was one of those things of sit down and be quiet. All right, let me find something for you here. Watch the first Star Trek movie. Yes. All right. That kept you quiet. Here, watch the first Star Wars movie. Yes. And literally, that would be my weekend. I would wake up, watch cartoons. If the weather was bad and I couldn't go outside, my mom had already lined up what was going to be watched. You're watching A New Hope. You're watching... Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan. And... Empire Strikes Back. That will keep you quiet. Well... At that time, uh, during the, during the year, uh, I think I was like maybe four or five. We had a real bad summer where it was like raining almost all summer long, so you couldn't go outside. And so it was just a mass movie marathon of Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, and that's how she kept me quiet, except when I would not pay attention and walk outside and go flying through the mud and stuff with my friends, and then she had to come out and get me. This makes a little bit more sense how messed up you are. You've been watching Wrath of since you were a little kid. I've been watching. I've been watching. I, I, I'm serious. I was the first day Wrath of came out. My and my mother were sitting there, and it was one of those things of we watched it three times that day because there was nothing. She like, I got nothing else to do, and I got all these. Uh, I got all these uh, bonus tickets for work because she worked the movie theater. She's like, eh, let's just sit around and eat popcorn all day. I'm like, all right, cool. What's what's playing? Rathacon. That's it. Okay, let's this Star Trek. Let's check it out. And I was hooked right as soon as I saw just how quickly the Enterprise got taken out. I'm like, this is the best movie. Oh God, do it again, do it again. But um, uh, back to Star Wars though. Um, back or back to Mandalorian. Oh, I gotta say, I think, but I, I, I just want to say, I think of my favorite moment of this, and it pissed Zeke off. I have to bring this up, is when they op- is when Mando took out the one dark trooper, and then he opened up the sh- the the bay door and sucked them all out into space. And Zeke <laughs> is sitting there. Zeke, do you mind? What, re- what kind of design flaw is this? We're gonna put a millionaire million budget project with all these death troopers in the, how we get airlock airlock right next to them why 
Why would you put airlock next to these things? And then when they get to the bridge, and they're just like, yeah, there's a bunch of signals coming from outside entering the ship. Uh, do you read any life signs? Not a single one. And that's when I was like, oh, yeah, they can fly. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they put them in an airlock so they could be deployed that way. Against when they're close to an enemy ship, open the hatch, deploy the dark troopers. Yeah. And then they fly out, punch their way into the enemy ship, and kill everybody. I'm sorry. That's what really, really just trips me out. How they just like, you know what? We're not going to bother with having lasers. We're going to punch our way in. Yeah, let, that, them, let them know we're coming. That's the one thing punch, that I. Punch. That's one of the things that I noticed was that, yeah, they carried blasters with them, but they didn't really use them. No, they like to punch. Well, the the they wouldn't use a bl- the blasters necessarily on bulkheads because the bulkheads are too tough for those blasters to, to punch through. Right, uh, but I mean, if, if if punching through bulkheads is what you can do, why bother even having a blaster? Just run around and punch everybody to death. Especially when they're that resistant to small arms fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I'm going to kill you now. Come here. You set me on you set me on fire. I I'm going to punch, punch you. <laughs> I did I did I did bring this scenario up though. I said, what if we take one, uh, just one dark trooper and put him up against a Cylon? Who would come out? <laughs> Toasters. Toaster fight. I, I want to do the uh dark trooper versus the T eight hundred, I think it was. Yeah, it was a T eight hundred model one oh one. Alright, we're having a three way. Cyberdyne systems model one oh one. Terminator versus Dark Trooper versus Cylon. Cylon. Who will win? Who will lose? Who will care? (laughs) Hell, there's no emotion there, so (laughs) there won't be any trash talking and just straight punching and shooting. Oh, yeah, that's the thing, though. No weapons other than fists. Oh, God. I mean, when it comes down to it, it, all three of them are two equal. On the next death battle. <laughs> I mean, at the end of this battle, everybody's punched into the floor. I mean, of course the T-1000 can punch through, like, metal. Already seen it. We already know what the Death Trooper can do. And hell, Cylons have done the same damn thing. They've punched through the goddamn Galactica to get inside. Oh, God, it's just going to be, everyone's just going to be a slab of of goo on the floor. <laughs> no, but then they're just going to look at each other, nod at each other, and then work together. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. We need to kill humanity. Let's get it on. <laughs> and the end of the world happened by a death battle versus Z3. <laughs> and this is how Cyberdyne is actually created. God. But uh, uh, an- another thing that, like, is always mentioned over and over again, and I see nothing actually wrong with it. The Mandalorian is honestly a homage to Yojimbo and the Arn Fortress. And it, it was the Hidden Fortress. Yeah, Hidden Fortress. I but, well, that, that's Fortress. Star Wars, not just Mandalorian. Star Wars, the original one, was based off the Hidden Fortress. Yeah, and I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Th- these are classics in themselves and you have what we now have our modern classics based off the original classics uh, yeah there, and, there's nothing wrong with paying homage to things and it's I mean, not necessarily ripping off 
and and it, it goes to show Akira Kurosawa's family. Oh God, they love the Mandalorian, and they have stated it outright because of you know the Yojimbo references the Yojimbo reference the seven is, samurai reference in uh, in the sanctuary episode um even um a, a nod of lone wolf and cub lone wolf and cub yeah i mean yeah we uh it, we were talking it, about that it is a big homage uh series and everyone from the original series is are like thank you and this is actually rather beautiful it is it is such a good series, and and I've said this many times before. You don't need to be a Star Wars fan to, to watch and like it. To watch and like it. So yesterday when I got to work, uh, one of my coworkers asked me. She's like, "Well, how's your day been?" I was like, "Oh, it was good. You know, I woke up and I watched the the season finale of Mandalorian, and went and got lunch at Red Robin afterwards." And she goes. Oh, well, how was that show? Because I haven't seen any of it. I was like, it's really good. I said, you don't need to be a Star Wars fan to like it. Um, but it helps. Um, and I said that, uh, yeah, you can literally sit down and watch it. Uh, granted, you're going to have questions on who certain people are. Because you're just going to be like, oh, well, who's this person? Blah, 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 blah. She goes, okay, so I can sit down and watch it. I said, yes, you can. It, so, is, it is a modern day western. Yeah, I uh, I got uh, one of my coworkers in it who's a good ten years older than me uh, to watch it. He's he he's already a Star Wars fan, uh, so he knows like all the movies. And he and I were talking about uh, Mandalorian because he asked me. He was like, "Is that a movie?" I'm like, "No, no, it's a TV series on Disney Plus." And. Uh, and I sat down and told him all about it. I was like, it takes place uh, five years after Return of the Jedi. Uh, the Empire is still in it, but it's more like what remains of the Empire. It takes place like 40 years before Force Awakens does. Um, and I sat there and I told him, I was like, dude, it's literally like a Western. And it's got the samurai influences on it. Uh, and I told him, I was like, dude, you need to watch it if you're a star wars fan definitely check it out if you're not a star wars fan definitely check it out because it'll probably make you change your mind on star wars because uh yeah you don't have the force users save for baby yoda who uh you know every time he uses the force he falls asleep afterwards (laughs) and we're gonna you know next season is definitely going to they they are going to have a bit of a hurdle to overcome to basically prove that this is the Mandalorian, not the Baby Yoda show. We don't think Baby Yoda's going to be in season three, and if he is, he's probably not going to show up to like the very end. Yeah, can you say time skip? I mean, I wouldn't mind a bit of a time skip, but then you're going to have a lot to explain about what happened after uh, Baby Yoda walked out the door. You know, wh- what Din Djarin did. Uh, with the, with regards to Bo-Katan and the Darksaber and everything. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> I can already see what the running plot is going to be for uh, Season 3. Mando's on the run from Bo-Katan. All he, wants to do, all he wants to do is give it back to her, but she's got to fight him for it. <laughs> every, all the Mandal- every single Mandalorian is out for him. Cue John Wick music. <laughs> yes! Yes! 
Oh, my God, yes. Don't look at me. I had nothing to say that. I agree with that. Okay, you just took the mic. Took oh, the he, microphone, handed, so. he passed it to me. I'm like, okay, I'll hold it. I'll, okay. I'll yeah, hold the mic. I mean, um, but yeah, season three, I think, is probably going to focus on the Mandal- on the Mandalore plot. Not both with regards to the to the dark saber and Bo-Katan and the other Mandal other Mandalorians that are out there, and whether or not they can retake Mandalore. See, I like that idea because that means hopefully my favorite Mandalorian will show up in this. Sabine, yes, bring her back from Rebels. Who? Okay, okay. So if you if you were to bring her in, who would you get to play? Or would you get the vo- her voice actress to play her? That'd be kind of cool, but to be honest with you, I, I mean, they've done really good jobs and getting good actors for every role, well, so I, would, I well, wouldn't care. I well, mean, Katie they... Sackhoff already voiced Bo-Katan in Clone Wars and Rebels, mm-hmm. and the fact that she pretty much looks like the character in every way, like, not just in terms of, like, the way they made the outfit look, the hair, in her face... The, the character was actually designed off of her, so... Oh, really? Yeah, so... It was her to begin with. It was hers no matter what. Um, the good question, though, for Sabine is, actress? Um, this is her. Right. Yeah. Is that, that, that Her voice actress? Yeah, I can see her pulling that off. Um, if you are after some big name, uh, again... Sabine was not a very, she was very tidy. You could probably get somebody like, uh, I don't know, like Ariana Grande. She's going to need some serious acting chops and to sit there and watch all of Star Wars Rebels just so she knows who she's playing. Yeah, pretty much. But I mean, yeah, you can find somebody out there. There's always someone out there that can actually portray anyone. It's just... You gotta look for them. Well, it's like when they announced that Ahsoka was going to be in Mandalorian, and we knew who that was. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> there and was no they, question on and that. And when they announced Rosario Dawson as uh, the, you know, who's going to be portraying her, I immediately went perfect casting right there because not only does she look like the way Ahsoka would probably look, you know years later down the line, but she's also the exact same age as a, that Ahsoka would be at that time also. That and also she was her diehard blood blood curdling fan and was not gonna let anyone else touch that part except her. I know. <laughs> I think she was ready I think she was ready to camp outside and like fight anybody who came in there saying, Yeah, I'm playing I'm playing Ahsoka. No you're not no, she pulls out the lightsabers right there. <laughs> and beats you over the side of the head with it. No, you are not. I am her. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, I would honestly say that season two definitely ended on a great note. Especially with the stinger during the credits where Ooh. Boba Fett goes back to Jabba's palace and finds Pizza the Hut. I mean, I'm sorry. Not <laughs> yes. Pizza the Bib Fortuna, but he's gained so much weight. It is. I'm telling you, it's Pizza the Hut. It is Pizza the Hut. Take out for delivery. <laughs> um, and then him and Baby Mama just like, yeah, we, we've taken over. It's ours. Yeah, Fennec Shan just sitting on the arm of the throne like like a, like a gangster's mall. With, with, with her drink in her hand. With, with, like, the, yes. with a bottle of spotchka in one hand and her gun in the other. 
And I'm like, yep. I'm like ready a gangster's mall. I'm ready for the book of Boba Fett. And Boba ju- Boba doesn't say a word, just sits down and just is like, this mine now. See, one of the things I about, dare you to do something about it. <laughs> one of the things about not being a hardcore Star Wars fan, I got to see all the memes and have no idea who they were. So like when I saw Daddy Fett, I'm like, who the heck is that? That's a strange looking. At- and then I watched the the, the man along like, oh my god, that was Boba Fett. I, how did I miss that? What? How the how? Yeah, well, someone no somebody called him uh, Dad Bod Boba. <laughs> well, I, because somebody, uh, people were complaining like, oh, why does he look fat, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know he's wearing like extra layers, right? Because somebody posted a photo of his actor outside of the show wearing normal clothing. And he's not fat at all. He's in really good shape. It's just that, like I said, it's because of like the layers that he was wearing in the episode. Is this the reason why it looked like he was stacked on a few pounds? Because I was like, yeah, it's it's the it's the cloak that he wears, and it's just like even if it weren't the cloak, it's Boba Fett. You know that's probably muscle. He got that muscle gut going. <laughs> oh, and I found out that the uh, the extra weaponry that he was carrying in that episode where he got his armor back was all based off the toys. <laughs> Like the knee, the knee launchers and everything. Yeah, like all the extra weaponry was stuff that he, the the figure had. I still remember my like doll that I had of Boba Fett, and it was like, yeah, he's got the knee launcher, da da da. And then when I see actually using the like knee launcher, yes, you remembered. (laughs) Because everybody knows about the flamethrower, but does do they know about the knee launcher? Because that was. I was I was that guy running around with my uh with my little doll every single time somebody wants to fight and they bring it out there stab uh Obi Wan I'm like nah knee launcher to the face <laughs> did did he have his original blaster from the uh, yes. the original movies in yes. no not the figure but in the episode where he got his armor back because I remember in uh no no um the the his blaster was a, a a custom, and it was extra extra long. So, um, no, it wasn't his original blaster. Okay, I didn't know if or not they found a way to like bring that back, or uh, if maybe that was too damaged because of the fight over Jabba's, uh, not his palace, but his little uh, his. Well, well I was trying. Well, well, I was going to say his personal was, bar. Literally, <laughs> Luke cut that in half. So oh that yeah, that's destroyed. right. Because I remember in uh, Return of the Jedi when they were in Jabba's palace, he was cradling that damn thing like it was a baby. Yeah, it was his baby. And then Luke cut it in half. <laughs> well, weapon, okay. weapon, weapons are are not just religion to Mandalorians; they are baby. <laughs> I still want to know where he gets the extra walkers from. Because every time he shoots that walker, they never show. It's video game logic, dude. He shoots one, and it just automatically appears. It was it was it was on a cooldown timer. <laughs> Sa- same as, same as Mando's uh, uh, whistling birds. Well, he used up his whistling birds according to Boss Gideon. He's like, Nah, I know you used them all up. Uh huh. I know everything. Well, I mean, he he's used them like three times throughout the show's run. Yeah, I know. It's just like, but Boss Gideon knows you're out. <laughs> when Boss Gideon says it, it has to be. You, you can only cast whistling birds once per day. <laughs> All right, Zeke. I gotta ask you this one. All right, since so since you did your own personal binge of the entire series, 
of season one and two. What was your favorite moment from season one? You ain't know the answer to that one. What was it? It was, what's taking at any progress? No, he just shot the guy for interrupting him. If I'm going, if I'm going to take, if I'm going to take the comedy out, my favorite one for season one. I really liked when he brought the the prisoner back, and I was a little mad by this one because he he's hired for a mission to to release uh, I guess the crazy snake lady hair woman I don't know what her name was brother, and he put some ore in the prison cell, which we don't know at this point in time. And he's like, you have to complete the job. So he brings the guy back to the base, and he pulls out. And I'm sitting there going, Mando's going to shoot these, this base up. He's going to destroy this. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be awesome. He backs up, doesn't do a fucking thing. I'm like, wait, what? And then they drop that little clip where he has the, the homing beacon on him. And I'm like, Oh, that was so perfect. And the three X-Wings with the three directors from season one show up and blast it. Yeah, that was so good. I'm like, okay, that was pretty cool. And then uh, we, season two? I really have to go the Ahsoka out. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Jedi's, but she... The fact that she is not your stereotypical Jedi... Well, well, she, well, she didn't finish her training. She just said, I'm out. Yeah. And then the, the actual fight, the fight scenes from on top of that, the the stupidity of the one guy with the shotgun. It's like, no. I'm going, I'm going to take my shotgun and put it down and think I'm fast enough to beat this man by pulling a gun from the back of my back. No, it doesn't work that way. But I do want to know about the the Chinese guy, because the Chinese guy is like we can't talk. He's the only one that talks to the whole town. He goes, don't talk to us, please. And then they free him. He and he was the, the he was the leader of the town. I get. I, I, had, to, I had to find out about that. Apparently, it, he was the previous magistrate before she moved in. Yeah. Also, there's a couple of nods in there that you don't realize, but the the magistrate that was fighting Osaka, that is actually Bruce Lee's He's goddaughter. Gone. We, we've covered which is this why, which times. is why <laughs> that fight scene was so brilliant. But also, the new magistrate that they hired on—that was her grandfather. The Chinese guy? Yeah, that's her yeah. grandfather. Nice. I didn't. And, that was that was something that I didn't know. <laughs> and also, apparently, he was in one of the original movies. Huh. Yeah. I don't know yet. I'm trying to I'm trying to find information on that, but that was just a little uh drop that they had on uh, uh Star Wars Live about uh little details. And I'm sitting there like, okay, so that's yeah, that, that, that. Oh, he was in the original trilogy. Okay. Which of the million characters was yeah. he? Which which guy was he in in the I'll in the cantina? Be, which I'll one was he in Java's Palace? Up, was he? Please, in the comment section, if you know the answer to this question so we can find the answer for this man, please put it in the comments below. <laughs> please. We need help. There's too many characters to go through. Stormtrooper number 400 something something. <laughs> well, not. You always want to default to Stormtroopers because it's the easiest thing. But actually, I would be surprised if he was probably like one of the bounty hunters at a Boba, uh, Boba uh, Jabba the Hutt's place, because there was there was a lot of actors 
uh, big name actors who were actually in that scene and they don't actually talk about it because, again, you couldn't tell because everyone was heavily made up. But yeah, uh, in that, in the overall, all the scenes of Jabba the Hutt, there was literally somewhere around 75 well-known actors <laughs> in that scene, all heavily made up and portraying characters. But you don't know who they all were. I mean, it's like Daniel Craig's cameo. In- exactly. How you 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 didn't even know it was Daniel Craig because even in the Star Trooper suit, you couldn't hear the voice, so you couldn't tell it was him to begin with. Yeah, supposedly the fan uh, the fans named him JB 7 <laughs> <laughs> It's just like like fans named the. Uh- the stormtrooper with the uh, electro nightstick thing that uh, Finn fought, they they named him T R eight R. And apparently that that trooper is actually somebody famous as well. But did you know Kevin Smith had a line? He he provided the voice for one of the stormtroopers in Force Awakens. <laughs> like um, like he like like they told him they're like look just read this line and then we'll insert it somewhere in the movie. He read the line they actually did insert it, and he said that he actually sat there in the audience throughout the credits waiting for his name to pop up. He was just like, yeah, if you had told me like 20 years ago that I would be in a Star Wars movie, I would call BS on it. And then there's my name in the blue. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so much wind. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure we're getting close to wrapping this up. We are getting close to an hour and a half mark. So we need to sort of wrap this up. I do want to ask this out of the veterans. In season three of The Mandalorian or the Boba Fett book, what would you want to see – if anybody was coming in or story plot wise. Um, so, okay. So let's say if I, I don't care which show he gets brought into, if they bring Han Solo in, I would say to bring in, uh, a, uh, the guy who played him in solo. I'm not, like I said, I'm not even going to try to rem- try to pronounce his name. The guy who played him in solo, but, Obviously, do the whole aging process or whatever, and make him to make him up to look like Harrison Ford uh, in that time period. Uh, and uh, if anything, all they have to have to do is be like, "Okay, watch Return of the Jedi over and over again until you get into the mindset of Han Solo from this time period." You know, like with him falling in love with Leia and all that, je- and all that shit, and him realizing, oh, Luke's her brother. <laughs> yeah, let's see. For me, uh, I'd have to go with uh, the book of Boba Fett. I really want to see a reunion of all the bounty hunters that were on uh, in the, from Empire. Yes, all of those bounty hunters reunited and going out on a mission. Because every single one of them was a true badass. They were the best of the best, which is why they were all there. I want to see all of them in action one time. See, there's one character that they need to bring in from Star Wars, the Star Wars Legends. And uh, I, I know that, you know, after, you know, his little story, he said that he was done fighting the Empire and all that stuff, you know, but he's still a smuggler. I want to see Dash Rendar. Yeah, that would be cool. <laughs> that would be real cool. Hondo. 
Yes. 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 Hondo needs to be given a live action version. I, like, I, I kept okay. So for like the little like pirate episode where they had to sneak onto the uh, uh, the planet uh, to get the information uh, from the Imperial computer to find where, where Baby Yoda was being held at. Yeah. Those like pirates or whatever that showed up. I swear I thought Hondo was going to be one of them, and I was hoping to hear his voice at some point in time. Just, you know, he could be in either one, Mando Season 3 or Book of Boba Fett, but have Hondo show up. And if it's in if it's in The Mandalorian, just, you know, Mando walks into some bar or wherever where he, where he is, he's just like, hey, Mando, it's good to see you, <laughs> you know, sort of, th- sort of thing, you know, just hearing that voice. <laughs> Seriously, that would, that would just be the ultimate. Hondo, I want Hondo in live action. <laughs> Period. Full stop. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I'm gonna have to go with that one too because that would just be too epic. Yeah, um, but yeah, we're coming up on the hour and a half mark here, so we need to wrap this up. I think we've hit a good point where we had sort of tapped out of a couple of most topics uh, for now. Obviously, Road, if we're gonna have another Star Wars ramble cast at some point, we're definitely gonna get you in because you know your stuff. Oh man, I, I I love this stuff. I live for this stuff. Uh, so yeah. Uh, Zeke. So next time on Bingecast, Rose versus the Relic of Knowledge. Who will win the, the <laughs> Road versus world? the Relic of Knowledge? <laughs> I think they're about even. <laughs> I challenge you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so for Road, Zeke, and Chris, I'm Jay. Thanks very much for joining us for this for this uh, rapcast for the Mandalorian, and we'll see you in season three. Thanks for listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast. Be sure to check out all the episodes of The Mandalorian on Disney Plus and give us a like and subscribe. This is the way.